October 2nd. It's October 2nd. And, uh, well, I haven't posted for you guys in a while, and I just wanted to apologize formally to you guys because, you know, I know I promised you that I would be consistent with this, and I promised myself, and I kind of, I didn't lie to myself, I didn't lie to you guys. You know, the intent was there, like I wanted to. But just literally so much shit has happened ever since that it's almost, I can't even explain it in its entirety, but I'll give you guys most of it because that's what we do here on this show. We, we talk about things. One of the, one of the people that I really wanted to interview was my brother. And uh, I had this lined up. We were talking about it for a long time. He had a little mishap, I'll say. And he went to he went to rehab again. And we were communicating the whole time he was at rehab. We were having funny conversations, and you know, he wasn't even supposed to have communication abilities over there. It was just supposed to be focus on your rehab, and that was it. But he reached out. He reached out any way that, you know, he could have. And we had funny conversations and it was, you know, it was awesome. And I and I had a warm and fuzzy. I had a feeling that things were go- going in a different direction for him. I felt that, you know, once he came back, things were going to be back on track. You know, he had a game plan, which was, this was the first time for me that my brother had a game plan. You get what I'm saying? So it was monumental for me hearing that from him because I said to myself I said this this is a little bit different so many times in the past he's had a conversation with me and left me kind of like I don't see this kid doing anything positive you know and then I would just proceed to put my cape on and try to save him you know and that was that was pretty much for a long time that's how it was but this time this conversation that we had felt a little bit different he expressed that he found somebody he expressed that he um, wanted to begin this new relationship with this new individual and I was just like man this this sounds weird this is not something that I'm used to this new emotion this new vibe that I was getting from him was all brand new and um and to my surprise, I mean, this guy was really into this one female. And I was, I was actually happy for him, you know, because he was in a iffy relationship right now, you know, with his, uh, his partner, his current partner. They were arguing, they were having like the worst of times. It was a rough patch in their relationship. And... Instead of just like, you know, kind of ignoring it and doing whatever, my brother kind of uh, came up with a game plan. He said, enough is enough. I'm not dealing with this. I want to get out of this toxic relationship, whether, you know, whether it was toxic or not. I'm not. It's not my place to say, but this is the way that he described the situation. So that's why I'm dishing out. You know, he didn't want to be in a toxic relationship anymore. So he found a new he found a new girl. He found a new love. You know, somebody that actually loved him back. 
and uh the way that he described her i was just like wow you know like good good for you man like honestly that's great that's great news and his game plan he was you know he let's say he got out on a sunday i believe his his goal his move was come wednesday is when she's going to be fully available for me because she's dealing with whatever she's dealing with and I guess she uh, she had just gotten divorced or or gotten divorced a while ago and um, is selling her one of the houses and she has another house that she wants to move into fully with my brother. You know, come Wednesday, so they had a good they had a game plan. Wednesday was the day. So, my brother, when he came back from rehab, he was back in the apartment with his current partner. Uh, obviously, it was a hostile environment because they didn't agree with each other at the time. They were arguing. They were de- dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, disconnect. And at one point, he was devoting a lot of his time throughout the day to speak to this new person in his life. And his current partner, you know, got a whiff of it and wanted answers. Every time he was on the phone for a long extended period of time, she would kind of chime in in a loud voice and interrupt their conversation. And then the, the other girl, I guess he must have said something to the other girl um, as far as, hey, I'm not in a relationship anymore. Like, I'm, I'm fully ready for you. Meanwhile, he still hasn't told his current partner what his intentions were because he didn't want to deal with the with the drama of it all saying hey i'm out deuces you know like there's certain people that deal with this thing totally different and it's okay it's normal to have a a different coping mechanism or to have like a different way of dealing with certain things that's okay that's normal but unfortunately for him the other girl the, the one that he was trying to pursue heard the voice of the current and it was like whoa 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 pump the brakes you mean to tell me that you're still with her you're still living with her you didn't tell me that and then all of a sudden that relationship started to crumble and freeze frame real quick I just want you guys to understand where I'm coming from when I say these things my brother has a long list of mental health issues The very things that we talk about here on this show, my brother has dealt with for the majority of his life. And sometimes in certain situations, we find ourselves with our backs against the ropes where we feel suffocated. We have nowhere to go. We can't go straight. We can't go back. We're kind of just stuck there. And it takes so much for us to understand or to utilize those tools that we speak about to get ourselves out of there. So when I tell you that the girl that he was trying to pursue heard her voice and told my brother, said, hey, you lied to me. You're a liar. I can't be with a liar. That devastated my brother because he was looking for an escape route for so long 
because he hated his current situation. Hated it. I remember him coming to my house all the time and explaining or telling me about his relationship issues and all this other stuff. And I always told him, I said, I said, see, the only thing I'm going to tell you is that you have options. You know, you're never bound to anybody legally, you know, bound. I mean, the, the, or binded. The thing is he wasn't married. He was never married. He might've been a registered, uh, domestic partner, but they were never married. There was, there's nothing stating that, you know, you can't exit that relationship. That's what I was trying to get through his head when he was at my house. You know, and my house is the place where he used to come to every time he felt weak, when he felt like he couldn't handle life stressors or whatever the case was. He knew what I, what I was doing in my house as far as the uh, this podcast here and everything that I, I have uh, developed, you know, the tools and all this other stuff. He would always call me for, for tips and advice and, and whatever else. So he would always come to my house to get it from the, from the source. And, um, like I said, he would come here when he felt weak. So every time he did come here, we would have these conversations and it would be a hard pill to swallow to hear me say, just leave, get the fuck out. You don't need to be in a toxic relationship. If, if that's how you truly feel, identify that and then go ahead and put that uppermost in your mind. Don't let it, don't let anything cloud your judgment. When we're talking about your heart and what you feel, that's important. You have to stick with your gut feeling. And he did not do that. I mean, he listened to me. He shook his head north to south. Like he understood he was tracking, right? Like, I, But I knew. You know, I've, I've known my brother obviously my whole entire life. I know when, when I'm just like saying things and it's going straight through him. It's just not collecting the information or whatever the case is. I knew that I was wasting my time, but still, I gave him that chance to hear it. And I and I warned him six different ways as I was talking to him. I said, hey, I know this is something that you're not going to want to hear. I know this is something that's that's going to be truly just, just difficult for you to hear. I get it. 100% I get it. But I want you to know that here it is again. So, long story short, I need to wrap this part up because this is actually very difficult for me to speak about. He got caught in this, like, triangle. It's not really love because there wasn't much love on one side, but we'll call it a love triangle, right? They both hurt each other, the two females. They were like, fuck this, I don't need you, fuck this, I don't need you. And they both kind of said, fuck it. And they turned their back on my brother. Now, when you turn your back on someone, understand something. Like, my brother never had any real friends, you know, maybe maybe a couple. You know, but the people that he surrounded himself with were always bad. Always doing drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff. They would always get into horrible shit. And he was attracted to that because those are the things that helped him erase you know reality you know for those temporary time blocks and that's what he was he was always looking for he was always looking for that escape route you know and that was uh that was the most unfortunate uh thing about him 
you know, and but in his defense, he was working on it. He went to rehab um, quite a few times. The system just the I mean, we can have a whole different conversation about the system because I believe that the system was designed to just destroy everybody. Because if you look at what actually happens once they get there and certain uh, certain places, I know that there's there's a uh, very few uh, places that actually help you. But for the most part, uh, when you look at what people can afford as far as their um, medical coverages, you know, because if you have shit medical coverage, you're going to go to a shit place. You know, and that's that's what's fucking pissing me off is because that the less privileged or the people that that couldn't get, you know, that Ph.D. or couldn't start that school and couldn't do all this stuff, you know, they're not placed in these these uh, high positions where. You know, medical is just one of the best. You know, sometimes you're you're dealt with the worst kind of medical coverage. And that medical coverage only allows you to go to certain places. Now, those certain places, let me tell you, not the best. Because you got a group of people that have the same fucking problem. And you're putting them in the, in the general population with each other. Now they're scheming. You know, especially drug dealer type people, you know, like they'll they'll be there and some people will infiltrate the whole thing on purpose. They'll go inside those rehab centers on purpose to see if they can develop more clientele, because that's as scary as that sounds. That's reality. There's people that do that. They go to these places, not because they have a problem, but because they want to develop new clients. They want to develop new areas, take over new zones. They want to know. Who's dropping out of what uh, areas so that they could pump more drugs and, and whatever into that area to support their whole operation? And uh, and, it, and it's horrible because these people have the opportunity to talk to each other. You know, I mean, yeah, it sucks to say that, hey, you need to be by yourself and kind of in a in a jail type of uh, environment where you, it's only you and then the, the people that work there that you need to be talking to. There's no such thing as yard time or anything like that where you're, you're able to talk to other people because nobody there, in my eyes, nobody there is really truly ready to conversate with anybody else, to socialize with anybody else until they figure out how to socialize with themselves and, and get to where they need to get to mentally to kind of uh, come up from this. You know what I'm saying? You need to overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with mentally before you're able to go ahead and have open conversations with anybody in regards to anything. You know, that's why most most places they tell you, you don't know, you can't have yourself when you can't reach out to to anybody. Once you're here, you're you're here, you're locked up. Well, why is that? Why can't I have a ha- check up on my brother? You know, why Why can't I call this establishment and say, hey, can I just talk to my brother really quickly just to say hi, just to make sure he's okay and find out who he's talking to? That way we can get the ball rolling as far as investigation and be like, hey, why is he talking to anybody? You get what I'm saying? So the whole system is just designed for failure. I don't know why. You know, maybe just to weed people out of this world. I don't know. But that's like I said, that's a whole different conversation. I digress from that. My brother on 
the 21st, September 21st. I got a frantic phone call from his uh, partner. And uh, she said, uh, excuse me, hold on. She said, uh, Jamie, Jamie, and this is like, this is really frantic. I'm not going to scream this out because um, it's horrible. But well, she said, Jamie, Jamie, oh, my God. Sito's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And uh, it was at that moment where my, my heart just fucking dropped. And when it dropped, it shattered into a million a million pieces. I can't even describe it enough for you to understand the, the level of pain that I felt. It was insane. He had a plan. That plan was swept under him because he was so blinded by this new love, this new relationship that was undeveloped. It was just developing. There was nobody to say how the future would have been with this new individual. It could have been great. It could have been horrible. We don't know. And that sucks. But what sucks is even more is that like there was two people involved here. There was two relationships, you know, and I wonder like how it would have been if you would have just said, hey, to the partner, I don't want to be with you anymore. Like I told him originally, you know, I offered my ha- my house. I offered my home to my brother. I said, hey, if you wanted to do this. And I remember I was literally standing at my pool table and he was standing at the other side of my pool table. He was drinking, which he shouldn't have, but he was drinking. And um, while he was drinking, I was telling him, I said, hey, you know, you have an option, man. Like this isn't, you're not binded, you know, to her. You can detach and just figure something else out. You don't have to be in another relationship right away, but at least get away from the one that you don't want to be in. And then come to me. Because... At the end of the day, you, all, you, you will always have family to support you. If you're going to make a good decision, a righteous dis- decision, then your family will always be there to support you. If you're going to make bad ones, we're still going to be there, but not, not in the way that you would want. You know what I'm saying? If you make good decisions, we're going to be there to support you in the most awesome way possible. And that's why I told him, I said, hey, to me. The way that you're describing your relationship status right now, I recommend that you get the hell out. And that's it. And you be done with it. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. I will help you move your shit out of where it's at. And you can come live with me for however long it takes for you to get your feet back up. And that's it. And and that's as as easy as that sounds. That's exactly how it's going to be. Just you just got to leap. Sometimes you just have to take that leap. But no, um, when you uh, when you think about it, the amount, the level of uh, mental illness that my brother was dealing with was so was so intense that he chose to take his own life, and um, and that's what it was. I mean, a lot of people say, "Hey," because listen, draw like he, obviously you guys know. He was heavy into drugs. 
That was his escape from reality, right? And uh, many times before, he was in a similar situation where they were able to revive him real quick with, you know, Narcan and whatever the case was. And and uh, he would spark right back up. But not this time. And why? And I, keep, I kept asking myself, why, 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 why? You know? And I realized, I'm like, this wasn't just a regular overdose. You know, this was a suicide mission. He felt so trapped, so t- completely torn from this relationship that he's in, that he was in. And torn at the fact that he cannot pursue this new one that he wanted to pursue. He felt, he saw the door. It was, and, and it was open. It was nice and shiny. It was, it was an exit door to a new life. And because he got caught up, it was taken from him. And when it was taken from him, he didn't know how to uh, deal with that at the end of the day. You know, like he couldn't deal with that. So at that point, and, and, and I don't know if you remember if I spoke about this, but the last time he was at my house, I was really upset with him because he started drinking and he started like abusing alcohol at my house. And I told him, I said, hey, if this is how you're going to be, I don't want you in my house. You know, I'm trying to help you. You know, the next day I kind of like I didn't kick him out, but I strongly advised him to that he needs to go back. You know, stay focused. You know, I wasn't like kicking him out forever. I just said, you know, I can't handle this right now. I got kids to worry about, a pregnant wife, the whole nine. Like, I got a lot going on right now. And um, which his friend, one one of our uh, friends growing up, had came up to me and had said to me, "Hey, you know, I because I asked, her, I said, well, you know, why why wouldn't my brother just come back to me? He knows he 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 always came to me." And she, she told me, she said, um, your brother actually wanted to go to your house. You know, because she was like, I asked him, I said, hey, why don't you go to your brother's house? And this was the day of, I believe, because he was so he was so depressed and stressed out that he actually reached out to a few people, apparently. So, you know, this is what she's telling me, you know, whether it was the day before or the day of, I don't remember exactly. But she was telling me that he wanted to go to my house. He wanted to hit me up, but he was so embarrassed because of all the conversations that we had at my house, I was, you know, I lay it on thick with everybody, you know, because I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'll tell you how it is all the time. And he knows that he did the exact opposite of what I told him to do. So he was too embarrassed to, to approach me again and say, hey, um, will you extend your home again? Will you extend your help? You know, he was too embarrassed, too shy or whatever. He didn't want to do that. But he really, I mean, he did really want to do that. He just couldn't do that. And because he felt that way, he was even more trapped inside. So again, I say, it was suicide. He did an insane amount of drugs. We don't know exactly how much or if the uh, personnel on scene were able to revive him with a certain amount of Narcan or whatever the case is. We're still waiting on the reports. But from from my knowledge and from what I know about my brother, I know, I feel it in my gut. It was a suicide mission. It had to happen. 
So let me tell you, it was, uh, it was almost, it was insane. Cause, uh, that same day I got that phone call. I was, uh, I was in the military. I was in, I was actually on a range. I was shooting for the army and, uh, I qualified. And as soon as I left, I got the phone call and uh, I was headed to the, to the, to the, our main office. I got the phone call and I, I said, fuck this, turn right around. And I started headed over there to the, to my brother's apartment. I got there, uh, forensics, uh, team were on scene and people were taking pictures, detectives, uh, all these people were there and they didn't allow me access into the, um, to the apartment. So we're just, I'm waiting outside with my, uh, with my sister, her, her boyfriend, um, and my wife. And we're all just waiting to find out what the fuck's going on. Is he going to walk out of there or is he going to just, is he going to come in out of, a his apartment in a body bag we didn't know what to expect um, i had big hopes you know i had big hopes i was hoping i was hoping but i had that gut-wrenching feeling that it was a wrap you know i waited hours 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 you know the, the medic the medical examiner van pulls up i said hey you want me to move these trucks out of the way he was like no no i'm good so when he said no no i'm good i i, I felt that all right he's not gonna stuff my brother in there that's good Otherwise, he would have to move these cars to get it closer to the door. And I I was like, oh, yes, there's hope. There's hope. Medical examiner goes up into the apartment, comes back down maybe half an hour later. Yeah, I'm going to need you guys to move those cars. I was like, fuck. Shit, this is it. It's a wrap. Done. A few moments later, they, they come, you know, with the stretcher. Rolling my uh, my brother's body into this van, you know, a few, it took a few attempts. I, I just remember things clanking around because I couldn't stuff him in the van the right way, and he rolled up like a freaking burrito. I was just like, I was devastated, man. I, I I've seen so much shit in my life, you know, bodies and parts, and I've seen I've seen a lot, but you know, it hits a lot different when it's a family member. It hits a lot different. Afterwards, uh, you know, I get my brother's dog was uh, apparently protecting his body the entire time. So the dog bit one of the police officers uh, while the police officers were trying to give render aid to my brother. And um, they had to tase the dog. So the dog was upstairs, you know, and with with the prongs in his body from the taser. And I had to go up there. They asked me to um, to remove the prongs from the dog and to remove the dog from the premise so i had to go up there literally seconds after they dragged my my uh, my brother my brother out of there and i had to walk into that scene and uh it was just gut-wrenching because i like you know this is the type of shit you see in movies you know people taking pictures with the flash and gloves and the whole people dusting shit like like it was it, it looked like a crime scene you know like a like a big crime scene and there I stood in my brother's room, you know, looking around the floors, trying to see if I see any signs of blood or any kind of like, you know, um, struggle, any signs of struggle or anything like that. And I couldn't see anything. And it's just, I was expecting all this other shit. I didn't know what to expect, honestly. But um, long story short, I removed the prongs from his dog. I, I carried him out of there and got him out of there and. And from that point forward, I had to, I knew what I had to do. I had to reach out to my father, my mom, and, and let everybody know what just happened. And, and um, you know, I didn't really have a time to, to cry or even think about what, what I just saw, what just happened. You know, so, um, yeah, I cried a little bit, I think. 
you know, tears were building up. I didn't really get a chance to cry, you know, like I was just like so shocked that this even happened. You know, I uh, I called uh, called my parents, let them know, yeah, he's he's done. You know, uh, both both obviously were very devastated. They were just it was uh, it was intense. It was intense. Took a big hit. Everybody took a big big hit because my brother had a heart of gold, heart of a lion. You know, he um he cared for everybody. And uh, within one single conversation, he'll apologize for absolutely nothing while talking to him about anything. It could be anything. He'll say something, you know, and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you're like, what are, you, what are you sorry for? I'm just, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. Like, he was always sorry for some, <laughs> some reason. You know, he truly cared about everybody. You know, he cared about what people thought of him. He thought, you know... He always wanted to reach out to people that he knew was was hurting, like me. He would he would text me if he if if he knew if I was going through something. You know what I mean? Because I don't really talk to anybody to let people know that I'm hurting. But sometimes I'll share that information with certain family, uh, certain individuals in my family. And he was one of those people that I used to call. He said, "Like bro, I'm not I'm not doing too good right now." He would be like, "Hey, you know, don't make me laugh, make me smile." I'd be like, "Yo, come through or whatever. Let's chill. Let's talk about it. Whatever." Man, he was just just a good good person all around um just had a just had a one big problem you know um the problem with him is that he needed a lot of attention and in this world that we live in currently it sucks because i think i mean think about it in this world both parents have to be working full-time if not multiple jobs right in order to stay afloat both parents not being in the picture it, it leaves room for for you know devastation children minds their brains they go crazy because what you know i say it all the time boredom is the devil's playground when there's too much off time there's too much time to think and when you're fucking thinking all by yourself nine times out of 10 you're not thinking about positive stuff you're thinking about negatives why am i living like this my life sucks i have the worst life blah 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 and you're pumping that negativity into your soul and at the end of the day you're looking for outlets but you don't know outlets because nobody's showing showing you the way so what do you what do you revert to you know a lot of times the easiest things to get are the worst things for you alcohol Drugs, those type of things. Those are always out there because there's so many people selling it. So many drug dealers out there. This world is a fucked up place. Jobs are hard to get, believe it or not. I mean, a lot of people say, hey, jobs are out there, blah, blah. No, yeah, it's not so much. You know, not so much. It's not exactly like that. Even for me, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the military. I've been in the military for over 12 years now. I have a lot of experience. I've applied for uh, multiple civilian jobs and I haven't got any of them. I mean, I'm talking over 20 positions that I apply for. I haven't got one entry into any one of them. You know, and that's somebody with experience. Imagine somebody who's, you know, who hasn't had any kind of experience. Who's just had a horrible time, you know, trying to get a job. That sucks, man. That's horrible. Must be. 
I'm thankful that I even have a job right now. It's in the military, which sucks because I don't want to be in the military, but at least I have a job and I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful that I do. But if you think about all those things, like, you know, both parents always working, they, they can't afford to, to do anything, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster, man. Like you're set up for failure from the very beginning. And then nine times out of 10, if you live in, in poverty, you know, in a very poor place, uh, unfortunate places, you know, you, you don't even, you're not even raised having a father figure at all because your father's either locked up or dead. Imagine that. Or in some cases, your, your father's in the military and he's deployed a lot or just away a lot from for military reasons, obligations and whatever the case is. And you don't have a father figure that you it's it's so inevitable that something negatively impacts that kid. And for my brother and for me and for my sister, uh, we dealt with a lot. My father was in the military active duty. He was abusive. Um, he was sometimes there. You know, we do have memories of us doing things as a family, but for the most part, you know, being in a negative environment, you only think about the negatives because that's the, those are the highlights of your life. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people say, Hey, I remember that good time. I remember all the bad times. Like it was yesterday. You know, they say, Hey, remember that time we went to SeaWorld? I'm like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. You know, and then they show me pictures of me and then, and and literally, in every picture book that was ever produced by my mother, I don't, I may be smiling like half-assed in one of them. Out of the hundreds and hundreds of pictures that she's collected over the years of my childhood, I may be smiling in one. For the most part, I'm frowning. And why is that? You know, when you get older, you, you ask these questions. Why, 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 why? And things start to make sense. And this is what I'm telling you guys right now is that we have to organize our thoughts, chase those footprints, find out what we need right now. Because when you're that far down the rabbit hole, as far as depression is concerned or any kind of mental illness is concerned, it's, it's not that it's too late, but you're waiting for that last stack of C4 to pile up to the point where you cannot manage that explosion. That impact is too much for you to handle. Just like my brother's situation, that last stack of C4 was too much for him to handle. And look what happened. I lost my brother. September 21st. And I will never forget that day. I just want you guys to understand that how serious it is that we pay attention to ourselves. We pay attention to those feelings that we feel and we identify them because if we don't and we let them fester, things like that can happen. I'm not saying it will, 
but it can depending on how vulnerable you are but you yourself will never identify yourself in a vulnerable position because you don't give yourself the opportunity to dissect yourself and we don't have those people to talk to because of the way that this world is designed people are too fucking busy slaving away working just work work working that they don't have time to give you that phone call that courtesy phone call to say hey how are you how are you doing people don't have the time to take off from work to say hey i'm gonna go pick you up and you're staying with me people don't have that time anymore this world is crazy this world is fucked up the entire year of 2020 has been fucking shit it is so it's so difficult to live to make yourself feel normal in this world that we live in so that's why it is super crucial that we follow along with this podcast that we take advice from each other and put stuff brand new things in our toolkits because what you've been doing for yourself hasn't been working or isn't as effective as the things that I'm giving you can be you get what i'm saying i'm the things that i implement in my life has has been helping me and i thought for sure that i wouldn't make it this far i thought for sure that i was gonna quit i thought for sure that i wasn't gonna make it and look where i'm at today I'm able to talk about my brother's death a week later. Share this with you guys so that you guys can have something to put in your toolkits that can help you out in the future. It is a son of a bitch to live in this world that we live in. But like I've said multiple times in multiple episodes, one team, one fight. If you think, if you have a slight inkling of wanting to call somebody, reach out or whatever the case is, go ahead and go with that. Reach out. Understand that the world is super fucking busy because we're all struggling to make ends meet and just live and just swallow your pride and pick up your phone. Hit someone up and say, hey, man, I'm not feeling okay. Hey, man, I need some words of encouragement. I'm not feeling all right. You know, because the statistics must be through the roof as far as people dealing with mental problems, mental issues in 2020 because of everything that happened. The numbers must be insane. And the I know uh, personally, for me, there must be millions of people that, that were like that are like me or that I used to be the type of person that never reaches out I never wanted to identify myself as being a weak or vulnerable individual I never wanted anybody to know my story until I started seeing somebody and telling my story to that person and I felt comfortable enough to tell it to more two three four podcasts this is where I'm at right now it took me a long time to realize that You know, I just need to be out there with this information. I need to share with the world because if I don't, I'm going to keep it internal and it's going to devastate me at unknown time. 
And I cannot afford to do that because I have too many people that count on me. At home, in this country, I have way too many people that count on me. You know, and I've identified that. And that's the biggest thing is that we have to identify those things. If we don't, then we're only going to think about those negatives. So do yourselves a favor today. Reach out to every single loved one that you know. Make sure they're okay. And if they're not, if even if they give you a slight little, I don't know, a text, but because you know, you could feel anything from a text message. And even, whether you're wrong or right, it doesn't matter. As long as you know. You want to chat. You don't always trust but verify. That's what I say in the army, right? So if you feel like a negative text message and you want to know that if if it's negative or not, just give them a call. Fuck texting. Give them a call or even show up. Be old school about it. Knock on someone's door. You know, sometimes you have to do that to get the raw information because the raw information is the only information that you can actually go with. You know, we could play the guessing game all day long, but really... I, I don't I don't believe in the guessing game when it comes to mental health. We need to know for sure what's going on because that's going to be the freaking <laughs> decider, you know? So check on your loved ones. Make sure everybody's good. And um, one team, one fight, guys. Remember that. One team one fight. We're in this together. Talk to you next week.